to the CavsCorner.com podcast, CavsCorner.com, your source for Virginia sports, and brought to you all football season by the good folks at Thorium Wealth. I am Brad Franklin, publisher of CavsCorner.com, coming to you live from the place for the states in the west end of Richmond, where it is Wednesday, August the 14th. Virginia's season opener in Pittsburgh is a couple weeks and a half or so, whatever the math says, away. Um, so our preseason March to um, through content and, and such, we've we've done We've done some of it. We've we've still obviously got our prediction podcast ahead, which you know I'm, I'm I know a lot a lot of folks out there you have it circled on your calendar, you know you're really looking forward to it. We we it's the one I think every year that we have the most fun with. Um, but this this one I, I would like to do the one we're getting ready to 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 do tonight is actually a lot of fun too. Uh, we're going to talk prop bets, um, and and all kinds of um, prognostications. Before we get started, let's go around and introduce everybody up in Fishersville. David Spence is back on the program. How are you, my friend? Doing great, Brad. Looking forward to making Justin look really smart in a few months. <laughs> Who days on the board at Who days on Twitter? And the aforementioned Justin Ferber up in Reston. How are you, buddy? I'm good. Feeling pretty smart. Um, <laughs> nah, yeah. I just I looked at last year's results of the props just to get myself, you know, a little bit of confidence going into this year. But it is nice to take a break actually from trying to figure out who each player is in the practice videos that they send out every day. <laughs> um, and, and talk about some stuff that's going to happen this season. So looking forward to it at Justin underscore Ferber on Twitter. At Cavs underscore Corner. Also on the Twitters, great place for the in-game updates, content items, and the occasional Woody Bancher. I just have this mental image of you, you know, popping open the oyster, seeing if there's a pearl in there. You know, you, you we, we were joking before about how, like, we were very aware of, like, how Ferber, how well Ferber did on the props last year. He would send, like, these little updates that would, like, show the spreadsheet. Yeah. Be all, you might like, not have gotten them otherwise. I, that's but. true. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> if he was, he's in charge of keeping uh, these things. So this is going to be an episode where Ferber is going to be largely uh, at the con. I will kind of just be a voice in the wilderness. I guess that means that um, uh, I don't get to hear myself talk as much. Um which, which should be fun. Also, pulling the clip for this for the thing I share from uh, or whatever is going to be especially difficult because it's just going to be us, you know, going through like three different prop bets. But anyway, all right, Ferber, take it away. Explain to the good people what, what the heck we're doing and what it all looks like. All right. So this is our usually we kind of put this at the end of our season, like game by game prediction podcast. But this is just our I think this is our third year doing it. But last year was the first year that we actually tracked it. Um, you could call them prop bets. Some of them are prop bets. Some of them are just kind of guesses on uh, different things that will happen this season. We have a bunch of different categories to go through. And, uh, you know, I, I, some of them include over-unders and stuff like that. I try to just give my best guess on what the over-under should be. Um, and, you know, we'll just go from there. And, and at the end of the season, we'll see who gets the closest. And hopefully it'll, you know, drive some good discussion tonight on – you know how we feel about different position battles and stuff like that so we have it broken down into a few different categories um some of them are just guesses on individual players to do a certain thing some of them like i said are over under some of them are higher or lower stuff like that so we got plenty of different things to talk about um whenever you guys are ready we can go ahead and get started yeah let's let's go let's go get, sting me with a bunch of jellyfish let's go let's dive right in we always do this one uh, the first one is just the, or the first category that we're going to go through are a lot of guesses. So not any over-unders or anything like that. It's just going to be numbers and players and stuff like that. So the first one is who scores the first touchdown of the season and how do they do it? 
I guess we'll go to Brad first. I don't know. <laughs> That's how, right. I don't see, know how you guys. You got to play traffic cops. See, this is part of uh, this yeah. is part of being the, the dude. Who's I don't at want. The front. I don't want your job. <laughs> Let's see. Uh, I say it'll be Bryce Perkins. Um, give me like a. Uh, it'll be like a first. It'll be a first and goal from the ten. Um, because Virginia has more first and goals from the nine and ten than any team I've ever seen, uh, but yeah, it'd be like a third, like a second or third and goal, uh, and they punch it in on probably a run. Yeah, I would say yeah, definitely okay. a run, definitely a run. Okay, cool. Yeah, I'm gonna go with. Uh, look, I think Perkins is pretty obvious, but I got to score some points here, um, so I'm gonna go with Mr. PK Kyer on a on a two or three yard jaunt after a long Perkins run to get us down to near the goal line. Dave, there was your perfect opportunity to say it was Joe Reed on the opening kickoff. Well, I figured y'all figured I was going to say Joe Reed, so. (laughs) This will be the only touchdown all year not scored by Joe Reed. (laughs) (laughs) The only one. The only one. All right, right, I'm going to go with an off-the-board sort of choice. I'm going Bryce Perkins to Terrell Chapman. Okay, that's yeah, that's a, that's probably a good look. That's a good yeah, because I, I think he's going to be a big red zone target, and I think that could be a nice way to kind of open the season up with a, a new player catching a touchdown. Um, so I'm going Perkins pass to Chapman, which will be harder for me to get than year two because you just pick runs. Because I could like Bryce could throw a touchdown. To I like Tampa. how you're already building in defense for why your answer is hey, harder. But yeah, I'm, I'm up in the level of difficulty on myself, <laughs> so. Complete, completely on your own. Okay, that's fair. Yeah, that's okay. I just like to mix it up. All right, uh, who leads a team in touchdowns this season? Non-quarterback. Uh, so Joe, you can't say Bryce Perkins. <laughs> <laughs> just wanted to jump in there with the rushing touchdowns, receiving touchdowns. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Just not Perkins or Armstrong or yeah, yeah. Wendell Stone or RJ Harvey or Luke Wentz. <laughs> the answer is Joe Reed. There is no other acceptable answer. <laughs> no, I think Joe's going to have a huge year. So yeah, this is my Joe Reed love. Yeah, Dave, twelve plus. Dave, ooh, wait, I didn't know we had to give numbers. Um, um I, uh, extra points. I, I, I'm really eager to see how many times tonight Joe, Dave says the words Joe Reed. <laughs> I just, I'm really looking forward to this. We should keep. There's a, going. there's a Joe Reed prop later in this purely because Dave Dude, asked for it. We, I should have a bell, and every time Dave says uh, Joe Reed, I get like ding the bell in the background. Um, I will go with, um, I'm gonna go with Hasis Dubois. I think I, I, my my thought process here on this one was that like I think it's going to be very even, like I don't think you're going to have you know one dude head and shoulders above everybody else. I think everybody's going to be about even. I, so I'm going to go with Hasis Dubois with like give me nine, um, and then I would have bet because I mean I think Bryce will score a bunch, but I feel like a lot of dudes are going to be in like the seven, eight, nine range. Yeah, I'm going to go with Reed as well. Um, I kind of went back and forth, but the fact that there's no running back set, I know what Joe Reed is. I don't need to kind of like wonder if he's going to get touchdowns as long as he's healthy. Um, I don't want to like bet on a running back here and then have them not catch the ball. So also I forgot to mention, uh, I have a list of like the closest version of this question from like last season or like who, like, you know, so last year, for example, the, the player who led the team in touchdowns outside of Bryce Perkins was Jordan Ellis. He had 10. Right. Um, and I guess on the first one, I forgot to mention the first touchdown of the year was a Bryce Perkins 36-yard touchdown run against Richmond. Yeah, trailing seven nothing. After after the pick six on yes. the first drive, he gone. Yeah, yeah, that was the first he gone of the season. Kind of got away from that. We need to bring that back. Yeah, this we year. probably should. All right, uh, I'll go first on the next one. Um, who, who leads the team in receptions? I'm going to go Joe Reed. Um, I think it'll be close between him and Dubois, but I think Joe Reed's going to kind of play in the, in the slot a little bit more and catch some of those underneath balls. And I also think that 
Um, I don't think that Dubois total, I think he had 52 last year, is going to go down much, but I could see it kind of staying around the same just because I think you're going to have guys like Terrell Jana and Billy Kemp and Tavares Kelly and, you know, whoever else. I think there's going to be more, uh, I guess, parity at, at the receiver position as far as reception. So I'm going to go with Joe Reed. Uh, last season, obviously, it was Alameda Zacchaeus was not with 93. Mm. And uh, then it was Cease Dubois at 52 and then Joe Reed at 25. I'm gonna go with Dubois again. Uh, again, I, I still think it's gonna be very, um, very even. Um, but I, I think Dubois, I, I just feel like he's gonna catch a lot of stuff in the middle of the field. And and if Bryce is if Bryce is gonna improve the way I think he's gonna improve, his his progressions are gonna are gonna um, develop better. If that makes any sense, right? So like, whereas last year maybe he was read one, maybe two and go. I think he's gonna find you know guys. Um, kind of one of those little sit-down routes and stuff in the in the seam. So I, I think Dubois barely overread. Okay. To me, to me, it's, it's such a toss-up. Like, the only reason I'm not picking Joe Reed is because he can't lead the team in receptions. But I already put Joe Reed score. in the, in the yeah. spreadsheet. Yeah. <laughs> I can't pick him. Every time Joe's touching the ball, he's taking it to the house. So he's, unless he has 50 touchdowns, he's not going to lead the team in receptions. Um, I, I was kind of torn with Dubois because, you know, you figure he's going to – be around the same but i'm gonna go a little off i'm gonna go chapman i just i keep seeing him pop up in in the practice videos and you know i think he's he's a dynamic player and he's he's making some tough catches in practice and i could you know him and perkins have a history so i'm, I'm just gonna go chapman um yeah i think if he does i think if he leads the team in receptions or even comes close um and there is a prop on that later um i think that that would bode really well for them because I feel like the other two guys are pretty known commodities yeah. at this point. So, yeah. All right, uh, on to the next one. Uh, this is an interesting one we did last year. Some of these I kept from last year. I just pulled the spreadsheet up, and then we added a bunch of new ones. But uh, do you guys know a trivia time? Oh, God. No. How many players last season ran for a touchdown? All right, hold on. Perkins, Ellis. Okay, you can stop. That was That's it? it? Yep. It was two? <laughs> That's re- really? Wow. Yep. Yeah. Two players. That's it. That was actually good. You could stop. (laughs) Yeah. So how many different players score a rushing touchdown this season? All right. Uh, Perkins, Um, Talapapa, Kyer, Hollins, and I'm inclined to say five. Okay, that's a good number. Yeah. I'm going to go six, the same ones, but I'm going to add Brennan Armstrong in. Yeah. Um, So I'll go six. Yeah, I'm going to take out – I'm going to take out one of the two running backs or one of the three running backs that you just mentioned and go with five. I think Perkins scores one or more than one. <laughs> um, Armstrong. I hope Perkins scores more than one. Yeah. Perkins, Armstrong, uh, Talapapa, and Keir. And that's it. I'm going to go with four. Four players. Four works. Yeah. I mean, because you have to remember, like, like I said, I mean, other guys got carries, but only two players scored. Um, so Peacock's going to have like 10 touchdowns this year. Yeah. Yeah. It's not, I mean, and it could be like 12 because I mean, that's not going to happen, but it could be like a bunch because like Joe Reed could get one. Um, uh, Kelly could get one. Lamont Atkins. Seneca Millage. Yeah. Millage was my other one. Robert Harvey. Anybody, anybody, yeah. Anybody that gets a carry, you know, it's, and then that's another thing is like some of those passes that Bryce throws out of the, you know, they could be considered runs. So they had one last year, I believe, that was originally called a run to read against Liberty, and they changed it to a pass. Yeah, um, they do that 
from time to time. Sure. And I think it, it makes sense too because it's like it, it was a pass. Like I don't, it's not a run play. Um, he threw the ball, completed it. So anyway, uh, yeah. So it's only two last year, which is kind of surprising. You would think that there would be more than two, but yeah. I mean, that just shows you how much of the workload Jordan Ellis had. Uh, which takes us to our next question, which is who leads the team in carries, not quarterbacks. So no Bryce Perkins. Um, Ellis led the team last year with 215, and nobody else was close, besides Perkins, obviously. So we know Bronco wants to go with somebody who he can trust all the time, right? We know that he wants he wants somebody that he can have to do that job consistently. So my guess is, is that he will, even if he's not ready to have that guy, um, he's going to make it happen. If that makes any sense, like he's going to, he's going to essentially, get, that's going to be the way it's going to work. So I'm thinking that there will probably be one guy who will be above. My problem right now is I don't know who that dude's going to be. I'm, I'm leaning toward PK, um, and he's probably going to be my answer unless I talk myself out of it. Um, but the thing that's tripping me up is not necessarily just that, uh, that Hollins could be good or that whatever. It's that Tyler Papa seems to be the most consistent dude in the, in the room. Like, he just kind of always manages to make sure that he's in the conversation. Uh, I'm going to go with PK, but if it's if it's Tyler Papa, I won't be surprised. But, yeah, give me PK. Yeah, and I'm going to go with PK as well. Um, Bronco, like a lot of coaches, is, is usually going to lean towards an experienced guy over a young guy. And I think PK, at least to start the season, will be the starter. Um, that's just a guess. I don't know anything, but just based on – the fact that he got passed up in spring had a lot to do with his injury. And Bronco, I think every time he's talked about running backs, he's mentioned PK first um, during the fall. And, you know, if you're kind of doing a Zapruder film sort of thing, PK gets a lot of reps with Bryce Perkins in practice uh, at this point. So I kind of think he's going to at least start the season as a starter. And I think that's a good place to, if you're going to make a bet, I think that's a good person to make the bet on. Yeah, I'm going to go with PK too, just starting on the road to Pittsburgh. I mean, I think Holland's going to end up getting a lot of carries as the year goes on, but I think PK is going to have the advantage out of the gate because um, a big game. Uh, I think Wayne probably be pushing him, but I think by the end of the year, like you'll probably be pretty even. But I think because of more carries PK will get early in the year, he'll end up having the most. Yeah, I think that's a good call too. And you never know like how they're going to be distributed, really. And then Bryce Perkins is going to get so many of them that you know it might not really you know it could be all over the place. All right, then speaking of all over the place, this next one, you can go a lot of different directions. Uh, the question is, who leads the team in scoring? And you have to remember that Perkins passing touchdowns don't count towards the number. So you have to run, you have to actually score across the goal line. Uh, the person who led the team in scoring last year was Brian Delaney with 61 points. Yeah, I'm going to... Uh... I'm gonna kicker, go Perkins. Kickers, kickers yeah. get this a lot, but yeah. but we don't know who the kicker is. And Perkins, like in theory, to beat sixty-one, Perkins could do it with eleven rushing touchdowns. Yeah, I mean, I'm gonna go Perkins. Um, it, yeah, I mean, I had Perkins, I had Delaney written down, but I just think Perkins is gonna have a good year, so I'm gonna go Perkins. All right, I have a theory, and this is the most. Oh God. <laughs> This is the most appropriate place to bring it out. Okay. All right. My, I, I don't know. There was, if my, my idea for what Virginia's offense will be like this season had a thesis, it would be that Bryce Perkins is not, is going to be better by being worse. 
I'm gonna let that sit there for statistically. A right, exactly. So yeah. So for it's example, the same idea as like bas- the basketball team. It's yeah, like yeah, yeah, exactly. DeAndre, DeAndre Hunter should be scoring less if they're actually balanced or whatever. Right. So like, all right, the central, the central like question for this offense is, how do you replace what Alameda Zacchaeus gave you? And the more I think about it, the more I think like, well, maybe if they actually have a running game, maybe. All right. But if they have a running game that they can consistently lean on, do they need Alameda Zacchaeus to catch 11 passes for 11 million yards, you know, whatever? No, they really don't. Because if they're consistently moving the ball on the ground, I think that's the kind of thing that they would like to do as long as it's not just Bryce carrying it, right? My, my prognostication, my expectation, however you want to phrase it, is for them to find that running game. Bryce has a better passing season statistically at least in terms of his completion percentage but he doesn't he's not as he's not as big a piece of the pie because they're not relying on him to have to create everything um on his own and so it's not necessarily that i don't think that he has a chance to run for enough touchdowns to score enough points to beat delaney i think delaney's going to be the kicker it's just like i think that the, the load is going to be a little bit more varied and so I'm going to go with Delaney specifically because I think that load is going to be more varied. And I think that there are going to be a lot of ways at the end of the season we're going to be able to look at and say, even though Bryce didn't have as good of X, they were better, right? He might not, he might not have as many carries. He might not have as nearly as many running yard, rushing yards. You know, he might, he might not have as many attempts, but that's because I think the offense is going to be more efficient. And ultimately that I think is, is the best, the best thing that could happen for this team is for, Somebody to 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 be the clear, you know, workhorse running back, and to have a pretty solid season. Um, if that happens with Bryce and all the pieces around him, I think their offense can be pretty good, or is going to be pretty good if that's what happens. Yeah, I mean, I think that's a, a smart play. I actually thought about going like really hot take and taking Justin Dunkel, who is the other guy in the kicker competition right now, um, and because Delaney can kick or punt. Uh, but I think Delaney will start with the job, kind of like I think PK will start with the running back job. Uh, and also, you have to remember Delaney didn't kick until I think the sixth game of the season or fifth game, so his number should be higher than 61 if he plays all year. Um, he didn't miss an extra point last year, 25 for 25. So if he can be that consistent and, and then make a bunch of field goals, I think he'll lead the team in scoring. All right, the next one is a team-wide thing. Uh, what do you think the team turnover margin will be for the season? And last season it was plus two, and they got there by recording 17 interceptions and four fumble recoveries, and they lost nine interceptions and lost 10 fumbles, which is kind of crazy. They had really bad fumble luck last year. You don't say. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And not just in one game either, a few times. Um, I'm going to go plus six. I I think. I'm a little worried with new running backs and, you know, the exchange. And I think we'll see a little more read option this year. Um, but but I do think the defense is going to be better uh, at creating havoc. So I'm going to go plus six just because I got to do something. It's, it's fine. I think this team is going to be a little bit more turnover efficient this year with uh, getting fumbles. And then also I think they'll force about the same number of interceptions, but I could see them – maybe not giving up as many fumbles. And I think that the interception number will stay around nine or 10 because Bryce had three against Miami and I think he had two in another game. So I think if he can just 
spread those out a little bit more um, and not have like dud, you know, games where you throw a bunch of picks. Um, I think that they can end up at like a plus eight. And so that's what I'm going with. Um, all right. I have an idea. <laughs> this is, this is going to, I'm either going to be really smart at this or we're going to look back on this and go, remember that, that prop uh, podcast where Brad basically talked himself into everything. All right. Sure. I think what you just said about them being more efficient is true, but I also think that they're not going to call, they're not going to create as many and they're also not going to, they're not going to like commit as many. So ultimately the margin is going to be tighter to me because there aren't going to be as many opportunities for them. So I'm going to say they're going to be plus three. Um, but I also think that at the end of the year that the, the defense has been better at creating sacks, not turnovers. Um, and that the the offense has been better about not putting on the ground, not throwing interceptions. So I think it'll still be tight, but because the numbers will be down. But I still I still think ultimately, especially given the schedule, that that they'll that they'll they'll be on the right end. They'll be on the right side of it. All right, cool. These next two should go pretty quickly. Uh, this is another one we did last year. Highest home game attendance, you know, for a single home game. Last season it was North Carolina, forty three thousand one hundred and twenty eight. Anybody want to go first? Yeah, that was you. That was you, actually. Congratulations, you got that one. Uh, a lot of us took, uh, what was the game that we all took last year? Miami? Maybe. Yeah. Maybe right. it was. Can I feel I... like there was another game in there somewhere that we all kind of picked and that wasn't it or something. Uh, give me uh, Virginia Tech. Yeah. Good bet. And a number? Oh, God. It's more than one. Um. <sighs> What was the? What, do we know the attendance for last year's Tech game? Or excuse me, the last time they played ago? two it years was, ago? Uh, it was like just under fifty thousand. All right, it was like forty nine thousand. Give me, like give, me f- give me fifty three. Okay. All right, um, Dave. I know it's not going to be William and Mary. Wait, are we assuming Virginia beats Pitt and people buy in? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Apparently, because well, that's, that's, okay. okay. that's a thing. That's a thing. That's a big question. Yeah, that could be that could be the whole stadium full or the whole stadium empty. It, I mean, it won't it won't Might be William us. and Mary. Um, it won't be William and Mary, uh, just because. There's really only. Nice. Two, I don't think. I think there's only two games it can be. Yeah, to me, it's going to be Florida State because I, I do think it's the. It may be the only game some fans come to. Just you know, no offense, but that, that might be what happens. And it really is the first home game, the first home Saturday, against an opponent that still has, you know, it's name still has a name, right. and it's going to be sneaky good. Um, what? Not great, but sneaky good. What? Dude. Their defense is pretty good. No, <laughs> their offense is terrible. Um, so yeah, I'll go Florida State, and I'm going to go like forty-seven thousand. I don't think the Virginia Tech game is going to have huge attendance this year because, I mean, the Black Friday is so tough. You don't know with weather, and then with the ticketing things UVA is doing. Like, yeah, I Ferber, think Virginia Tech will be close, but I'm going to go Florida State. Ferber, make sure you wrote down that he, that Dave thinks Florida State's going to be sneaky good, please. Yeah, I got it. It says FSU forty-seven K sneaky good. There you go. <laughs> Um, yeah, I'm going to go Tech as well. And and really the reason is because I think that UVA is going to have a good season. So I think that by that point, people will have, all jokes aside, bought in a little bit more. Um, I'm not predicting anything near a sellout, but uh, trivia time, part two. Uh, could you tell me the last time that UVA broke 50,000 people at a game? USC? Is it USC? No. It's not that far nah, back. More, re- more recently than that. Virginia Tech. Uh, Notre Dame. Virginia Tech 2015. Yeah. yeah. The last game of the Mike London era. <laughs> so but long I think, and I mean, thank that, you for that was also the, potentially the last game of the Beamer era. So I think that yeah. had a lot to 
do with it. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm going to go Virginia Tech, and I'm going to go a little lower than Brent. I'm going to say 51,000. Um, I think Florida State will approach 50. Uh, I think Dave's guess is probably pretty close, but I think the Tech game, by the time it runs or rolls around, uh, if UVA is having a good season and Tech maybe is having a, I don't, I don't think they're going to be as bad as they were last year, but. Um, you know, if they're seven and four or something and UVA is nine and two or eight and three, I think that there'll be some buzz for that game, especially back here in Charlottesville. Tech um, can be as bad as they were last year and be like eight and three. Well, that, that's, my, that point. Game, that's so. my point. And that's the perception of it, right? I mean, people don't really care that you beat Rhode Island if you're eight and three, right? I mean, they're just going to look at the record and, you know, go from there. Um, okay, highest single game point total for the offense. Uh, last season, they scored 45 twice against Ohio and Liberty. And another trivia question, when was the last time UVA scored 50 points in a game? Oh, gosh, I knew that. I didn't know there was going to be a quiz. Seriously. <laughs> All right, wait, back up. It's, it's, it's interesting, though. I got some trivia for you guys. See what 50, your head 50. Was it VMI? No. Oh, 49. No, because they didn't do it then. Because I remember when they were playing uh, – when they were playing at Vanderbilt, I looked this up. And the yeah, last and time... honestly, it was in play against Liberty as well. Like, because uh, they had forty-five with like eight minutes to play or something. I it was think. like nineteen ninety-two. They did it twice. It was that same season. They did it twice, right? Now nah, they've done it since then. Okay, well, what was it? It was David. You have a guess? San Jose State. Or more recently than that. Yeah. Which is insane because you realize like every team in the country almost has scored fifty points in like the last like five years. <laughs> like, as soon as you say it, I'm be like, oh yeah, but no. Yeah, it's, it. it was uh, it was a cold night on November fifth, two thousand five, when the Temple Owls came to town and lost fifty one to three. Oh, that was an afternoon game. Yeah, it was. Yeah, whatever. But you Ahmad know. Brooks returned kicks that game. I remember Chilly. that game vividly. Chilly, yeah. Chilly late season game against Temple, yeah. which did no one was there. Anyway, so what are your guesses for uh, highest point total in which game? Uh, I'm going 52, William and Mary. You're going to get there. <laughs> Give me uh... – I'm going I'm going to go – I'll go first just to get it out of the way. I'm going to go 56. I think they're going to get there Ooh, against me. ODU. Give me 50 uh, against ODU. All right, so we all think they're gonna break that. No, streak. actually, don't give me fifty. Give me forty-nine. I'm gonna be. No, it's gotta be. It's gotta be something weird. It's gonna be f- like fifty-one or fifty. Give me fifty. That's fine. We 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 do play by prices right rules here, right? Yeah, yeah. Closest to the pin. Uh, we, you can go over them. Um, well, I picked a different prize, so I'm safe. Yeah. So what did you have, Dave? I'm sorry. Yeah, you were funny. It was like you William, said. Yeah, William let me go first. Mary, uh, William, William and Mary, fifty-two points. Fifty-two. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Sneaky good, Mike London. Mike London, sneaky good. Okay. All right, cool. Now we're into over-unders. Not as much trivia in this one. Um, <laughs> Not as much. Long, same. We did the same one last year. Longest field goal. And I've set the over-under, so you're going over or under the number, at 47 and a half yards. Under. Oh, and last year the long was 46 against Miami. Yeah, give me under. Yeah, I'm going to be contrary, and I'm going to go over. Dave just I'm not to sure it'll be points. Delaney, but I think Dunkel might get a kick. Dude, Dunkel does ass. have a big leg, dude. Like, yeah, I'm going I'm going over as well. Yeah. I realize that I didn't get to see a whole lot in that that uh, 30 minutes that they gave me the other day, but I got to see some field goals, and, dude, he was booming them off that wall. Yeah, he hasn't straight. Leg, but, but also, I mean, Bronco has said, like, the range is out to 50, so I'm just going to gamble that they take, like, a 48-yarder and make it at some point or something. 
I'm just hoping um, we see less than 12 red zone field goals this year. That'd be my hope. Yeah, yeah. And we'll get to that in a second. Um, so, okay, the next one, UVA points per game. Last season, 28.5, which was 68th nationally. And I set the over-under at 30 and a half. I'll take the over. Okay. Yeah, I like the over as well, just with Liberty, Old Dominion, and William Mary. I think you have a chance to make up for some couple tough defenses. So. Yeah, I'm going to go over as well. Um, this is a hard number to set because th- it, it's interesting because I think the perception, I know a lot of people are, are hard on an eye, but I think the perception amongst fans is that UVA had like a really good offense last year, and really it wasn't like statistically that. It was kind of middle of the road. Um, and the reason it seemed better is because the offenses of the past have just been so bad. Um and I think by comparison, this was just way more fun to watch and efficient. What's but that? in, <laughs> in the red zone, they weren't—they just weren't yeah. good enough to kind of get to an elite level. What's that A. Murphy joke about how if you were if you're really hungry, a rich cracker tastes like a uh, like a like a like a three course meal or whatever. Like when you're when you've been deprived of good offenses and then you have a mediocre one, it looks amazing. I'm not saying they were mediocre, but that's definitely the the sort of impact. Because you're right, they were they were not good in the red zone. And they gave the ball away too much. Yeah, and they had like multiple games where they scored less than twenty points. I think three. So and having three back there doing what he does, even on plays that aren't big yard gainers, they're just fun, you know. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like the third and four conversions are crazy plays. <laughs> so, um, all right, the next one. This is an individual player over under Terrell Chapman over under twenty five and a half receptions. He had three career receptions at ASU. I'm going to go on. Dave is going over. One was was a touchdown, though. Uh, Way over. So, wait, you're saying he scores the 33% of his possession of his receptions or touchdowns? That's pretty good. Yeah, it was three catches for 14 yards. That's like Brissett. I'm going to go under, but it just slightly, I I figure it's going to be like 21 22. Yeah, I'm way over, if you didn't hear me. (laughs) Okay, cool. I'm going to go under as well. Um, I I don't think it's going to be way under. But I'm going under because Joe Reed was a huge part of the offense last year, and he had 25, including a bowl game. So I'm going to go just under. I'm going to say like 23 catches. I like how this dude's been a part of the team for like 37 seconds. He's already got his own over-under. What happened to Earn well, not given? part of it. I mean, there's a few more down the road. I don't want to only talk about Bryce Perkins because, that's you know, there's a lot of other guys that are interesting. I'm just saying, what ha- what, whatever well, happened to What's weird is Chapman wasn't even like the highly, the more. Yeah, he was kind of the, yeah, that's true. And that's what's funny is like, you know, we'll go through this and some of the actual props themselves will seem dumb at the end of the year. We're going to be like, we thought Terrell Chapman was going to have 25, ca-, like, you know, stuff like that. But I guess they're all on me because I created them. So, um, <laughs> all right. UVA red zone touchdown success rate. Last season, 51.85%, which was good for 118th best nationally. How many Which teams are there? Great, 120. <laughs> it's like 126. Or is it really? Yeah. Is a, I thought it was 121. Well, now you have like. Liberty. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah, you're right. All right. Yeah. Uh, you know, I think I'm still going to take the. Oh under. yeah. Sorry, the over under. Oh is yeah. Sorry. And a half. I was looking at our sheet. Um, I'll, I'll take the under, but not by much. I figure it, it, they if they increase it that much in a year, that's kind of crazy. But um, they should be much better. I I think it'll be more like. 59, 60%. But I think your okay. over-under number is right on, the, right on the money. So I think last year they had, what, like 54 in red zone opportunities and scored 28, so they need to be around 
Uh, uh. <laughs> I'm trying to do the math. Wow. See if I want to go over or not. Because I'm. This is one I put. A, I'm going to go over just because I, I do think is a point of emphasis, and I do I do believe the run game is going to be better. And if the run game can get you three or four yards when you need it, and mm, you still have yeah, Perkins' elusiveness. Yeah. Um, I mean, just to show yeah, you, over. just to show you how bad they were in the red zone. I had to think about an over-under number, and the one I settled on was 11 points higher because, like, they were so bad, like, unsustainably bad in the red zone. That's a good point. Um, they were unsustainably bad. You it was – it, it, it was, like – I mean, some of it's luck, but, I mean, like, 51 – and that's obviously, like, I didn't take out field goals, so it's not pure – it's not just pure red zone scoring. It's how many touchdowns right, right. they get. And it, it was so bad uh, last year that I think that we'll get some sort of a regression, if you will, to the mean. I think they'll go over. I think they'll end up at like 65 percent. Yeah. I mean, if UVA was 62 and a half percent last year in touchdowns, they would have averaged over 30 points a game. Yeah. Yeah, Maybe. for sure. And you can think back. There were I mean, there were clear there were opportunities to get those touchdowns. I mean, they, they had that Liberty or the Louisville game where they. Got, in, got inside the red Terry. zone a bunch of times and got yeah right. we just didn't convert. I forgot so. I forgot how in the weeds you guys get on this stuff. I'm like, oh man, we're only a third. Like we're like not quite we're half, like halfway there. We're like halfway there. We're, we've been talking for 35 minutes. We're like, yeah. oh man. Well, I mean, trouble. you gave like a two, 14 minute answer about Bryce Perkins. Listen, doing I that, had so. one good idea. Okay, <laughs> one good idea. All right, yeah. just one. All right, let's let's keep it moving. Uh, defense and special teams combined touchdowns. Last year was a one, and it was the Joe Reed kick return against Liberty. Uh, I set the over-under at two and a half. Last year I set it at one and a half, I think, and it went under. Yeah, I'm going under. I mean, I think it's going to be two. Um, yeah, I'll go under. I'm going over because I feel like Joe's yeah. going to have like two of them by himself. I'm going to go over as well. Um, I think that they'll go for the hat trick. I think they'll have a kick return, touchdown, a Punt return touchdown in his defense in the same game. No, not really. <laughs> not maybe not in the same. Well, oh, by Joe Reed. Mary, Wade and Mary might be pretty. Bad. What was like one game, Ferber? Remember we were talking. I remember being in the uh, in the press box that time. Be like, all this stuff happened in the same. Was that Georgia Tech from not last year, but year yeah. before? Yeah, the one where they they won to become bowl eligible. Yeah, there was like a oh, whole yeah. bunch of. Oh randomness. yeah, like if you think back, that game I had a list in my Google, like in my notes on my phone. It was like a safety. There was yeah. like a there was like it was a like a return touchdown, a punt return touchdown. Uh, like Georgia Tech had like a ninety yard passing touchdown. Yes, yes, it was like yep. it was like a bingo. Then Georgia card. Tech scored two touchdowns in like fifteen seconds or something. Too, yeah, yeah. In that same game. Yeah. yeah, there were like two pick sixes or something. In the, it was like a weird, weird game. Um, all right, next one: offensive lineman to start a game. We did this one last year as well. Um, last year, I think it was five. Um, I have a question mark next to it, so I might not have checked that one. He was either five or six. Um, I said the over under at eight and a half, just because that's where it was last year. Uh, what do you guys think? I'm gonna go under. I think it'll be seven. You think it'll be more consistent this year? Yeah. Well, I mean, it was pretty consistent last year, but obviously you have to factor in injuries. injuries yeah. Last year. Yeah, give me seven. Yeah, eight and a half is a little high. I'll go under as well. I mean, that means nine. I don't see us doing nine. Yeah. Okay. I'm gonna go under two. Uh, it was. A, I, I thought about doing it at seven and a half, and I might have pushed over there. But eight and a half. I think eight is the max, unless there's like a terrible rush of injury. All right. <laughs> On to the next one. Yeah. Sorry, I forgot I'm in charge. Um, <laughs> you went to mute yourself and like you know sit back and relax. No, that's, that's we're officially right. halfway there. All right, we'll just get, keep rolling on through this. Uh, longest touchdown of the season last year was 85 yards. Alameda Zacchaeus against Ohio. Uh, this season, I set the over under at 79 and a half yards. 
Uh, give me the over. Uh, Seneca okay. Millage. Oh, wow. That's off the board. Yeah. I'm going to go under. Uh, last year, that was – I mean, I don't know if they're going to have as many yak plays this year without without Zacchaeus. I mean, Joe Reed obviously is the big uh, threat to do that, I guess. I just don't see them having a lot of – I was the only one who took the over last year and it hit. So I'm going to go under this time. I like how you, 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 you're you very you're very skilled at slipping in there the part where you, you were right about something. Well, it's it's funny because it was I remember we discussed it and it seemed like a way too high of a number but I was including I thought there would be a kick return touchdown and the kick return that Joe Reed had was only like 82 yards because it was such a short kick, yeah. Um, but yeah I mean that's why I thought they would get it and uh, it ended up being a scrimmage play. Yeah, I'm gonna take the over. I think we'll get like a third and one deep and someone will pressure and whether it's Wayne or Hollins or someone I think we got a little more top end speed at running back and I think it'll be one of those guys so. I'll All take right. the over. Cool. All right, tight end receptions for the whole team, the whole group of tight ends. Uh, last year it was 20, uh, 16 for Evan Butts, who was gone, and four for Tanner Cowley, who was not gone. Uh, I said the over-under at 14 and a half. I'm going to go under. I think Cowley ends up with like 12 or 13 catches, and maybe Grant Mitch has like a catch or two. I'm going to go over, but not by a lot. Like I think we'll probably be a suit. I think last year is kind of what you're going to get. Um so yeah, I'll say like twenty-ish. So over. Yeah, uh, yeah, I'm gonna go over too in part because my whole thesis is that, you know, Bryce will be better um, as a as a more complete passer. So I'm gonna go over. Cool. All right, next one. ACC Network appearances this season. Uh, three are already scheduled. You have the first three games of the regular season on ACC Network, and then three of the remaining nine games are already booked for other networks. So there's six remaining games. The over/under is five and a half. So they would need to be three more ACC Network games to be over. I'm going to do my best Ferber here. All right, Old Dominion, Duke, and Carolina will all be on the ACC Network. So give me the over. Okay. All right. All right, Dave. Yeah, I'm gonna. I'm going to take the over as well because, I mean, I don't think we're that attractive nationally, and I do think we're going to be really good this year. So I think the ACC Network is going to try to get us on there if they can. Well, I mean, uh, so, you yeah. can't really drop below it. Yeah, so. I mean. <laughs> I mean, you I mean, can go stream. You, can't, but... you, you can go stream Middle Tennessee State. They actually are <laughs> doing yeah, yeah, on Facebook yeah. or whatever. Yeah, Facebook. But, yeah, they actually are doing the RSN games this year, which I would yeah. But yeah, I think that so basically, like Brad said, I mean, you're looking at three more games. I honestly don't even know if that ODU game makes the cut for ACC Network because there's so many other ACC games that week. But um, I think that they'll end up like the Louisville game. That's an ACC Network type game. And you have to remember they have three time slots to fill instead of just one for like the Raycom slot. So I think that even better games will end up on there. Just be, that's just the way it's going to have to work to fill the time slot. So. I'm going to go over as well. I think it'll be six or seven games. Over um, under on text threads about game times with more <laughs> options. Yeah, there you go. Question, we'll Ferber. In, in, give me that. Give me the the cliff notes here. So in, we know what it, what the TV situation was in the old world and the new world. How does it stack up? ESPN, ABC gets their first dibs. Yeah, they get one game. And then everything else goes ACC Network well, other than RSN? It's honestly, the way it works is it's kind of the same as how it worked before where the ACC – or sorry, ESPN and ABC, well, it basically just falls under ESPN. Um, they can pick – I don't want to say as many games as they want, but they can pick several games, right? So, like, uh, they could take Florida State's game, UVA's game, Miami's game, Virginia Tech's game, and then it would go to, like, the Raycom before, Right. It just depends on where they're trying to fill the slots. 
But now, I mean, and ESPN owns the ACC network, so there's definitely some collaboration. But now they know they have to fill three slots a day, right? So you have to have a noon game, a middle of the afternoon game, and a seven o'clock game, assuming they're not going to put like volleyball on in the middle of the day. Um, so that kind of ties up a few of your games, which could mean that the middle of the pack games end up on there. But honestly, it kind of works the same way as it did before, where the biggest games will still go to like, like that Syracuse Clemson game in week three goes to ABC. That's a huge game. Uh, assuming that Syracuse takes care of business in the weeks leading up to that. But yeah, I mean, you'll have those games go to the networks and then I think you'll see like the middle of the pack sort of games on the ACC network. Um, and then you might have like a game at the bottom of the pecking order that goes to RSN, which would be on like NBC Sports Washington if you live in this area or, or whatever you want to call right. that channel. So basically, um, though, there won't be any ACC football games like on ESPN2 or ESPNU. No, there will. Um, okay. they, they, those games can still go there, but I think the games that you would have seen on ESPNU in the past will probably oh, yeah, end up ACC. on the network yeah, because right. they're just going to shift it over and they can put like, uh, you know, uh, AAC game or something on ESPNU in its place, right, but right, right. but they have to fill the three time slots for the ACC network every day. So if they're looking at a game like uh, UVA Duke, and it's like okay, we could put this on ESPNU at three thirty, but we have to fill the three ACC network slots. We might as well just put it over there, and then have some flexibility with ESPNU if that makes any sense. Because they can other you know they can use another conference's game for ESPNU, like a TCU game or something. So. I think that it'll be kind of the same where it's like the big games will still go to the big network. Um, and then after that, you'll have a bunch of AC. But I think the ACC network will still get some pretty attractive games. Cool. Is that it? Did I answer your yep. question? Yep, you're good. <laughs> okay, cool. All right, how many wins over ranked teams? Last year, the answer was zero. This year, I set the over-under at – or sorry, it was one. Um, uh, so I set the over-under at zero. Point. I was looking at expected ranked teams. Um <laughs> Which would also be one because of uh, yeah. Notre Dame. Um, wins over ranked teams over under 0. 0.5. I, I went over mainly because I think they'll get one. But, man, if you had set it at one and a half, I don't know. I probably would have had to go under. I, yeah, I, I just I don't mean, think I, they're going to play that many ranked teams. That, that's why I did it that way because I was looking at it and I was like, unless you think – I mean, if you if you think they're just going to roll through everybody, then you could go over on one and a half and say, oh, they'll beat Notre Dame and they'll beat Miami or something like that. Um, I'm going to go under because I think that they're only going to play like one or two ranked teams at the most. Um, it's possible that, uh, you know, like Virginia Tech is ranked at the end of the year. Um, Miami's ranked. Notre Dame's ranked. But again, you're not guaranteed to win those games either. So I'm going to say it kind of ends up like last year. Uh, but they end up going under with zero. And this, all, honestly, I, I did this without including the bowl game. Um, but I, if, Yeah, if I wouldn't back from bowl game. Yeah, we, if we want to include that, we can, but I don't think that I was including that. So yeah, I, I'm going to take the over. I'm, uh, I think Virginia Tech will be ranked when we beat them in November, so that'll be at least one. Wow! Another thing. So Florida State sneaky good. Virginia beating Virginia Tech. Got it. Virginia <laughs> Tech beating and being ranked. Well, at, only been saying that since 2000. Yeah, it's not different than any of other Dave's predicted <laughs> predictions. So, all yeah. right. Um, targeting penalties for UVA wow. last year didn't have any. I set the over under at zero point five. I don't think they've had any in like two years. No, didn't the Andrew, didn't, Andrew Brown got one against UConn? Yeah, didn't the rule get tweaked this off season? Wasn't there some change to the targeting rule? Something about the um, 
there, I, there was something. It's not. It's it not last all season. They no, no, but there was something else about it. But it wasn't like super important. But there's something about like if the player gets uh, gets a second targeting. You get like a full game suspension. Yeah, there was like a yeah, there was some sort of yeah, situation like that. I don't that. know. Um. Anyway, no, I'll go. I'll go under. I don't think. I don't think. I. I, I would be shocked to see him get one. I think they. I think they. They teach you pretty well. Yeah, I'm gonna go over uh, just because of bad luck. I mean, yeah, like true. sometimes yeah. that's what it is. It's just like you don't mean to do it. I mean, that, there's been plenty of that have gone against the team playing UVA where I felt like the guy didn't mean to do it. Yeah. Um. But it's the rule, so. I'm gonna go over. I hope they don't get one, <laughs> but it's a low over under, so I'll just mix it up and go over. Yeah, I'm gonna go over too. I mean, I think law of averages. Yeah, didn't get one and last year. One probably in, gonna one get one this year. Games, right? So I mean, there's some games where I felt like I saw three. So I mean, yeah, yeah I'll go over. All right, uh, another one. This is interesting. Uh, quarterbacks to take a snap this season. Last year it was two: Perkins and Armstrong. So when you um, say that, you mean actual quarterbacks, not like somebody took a yeah, snap. Yeah, not like Lamont Atkins taking a snap. Okay, uh, I'm going to go under because I think it'll be just be Perkins and um, Armstrong. All right, I'm going to go over. I oh, think ooh. that – Hot take, I hot think, take. I think Lindell Stone plays in like like a yeah. Wayman Mary yeah, sort of situation. That's a good point. Where it's like Brendan Armstrong plays like a lot already and then they take him out. Or maybe they just go straight to, to Stone – because like the game's out of hand and they're just trying to get him reps or whatever, so I'm gonna I'm gonna go three. Yeah, you know now that actually I'm gonna go over because now the thing oh. about it they're gonna they're gonna want to get looks at some kids, uh, you know, Harvey probably and Wentz maybe too, just to see what they can do in those four games or somewhere. And I know, convinced you, you did. So yeah, change the change the stre- spreadsheet. Put me as the over. Okay. Yeah, I'll take the over as well. Cool consensus. <laughs> All right, we're in, we're into the last category now, which is uh, player bets variety. I said props, but they're not technically all props. Right. Um, so I got a bunch here. We'll just run through them. Uh, some of them are interesting. Uh, all right, so I just started with the big ones. Uh, Bryce Perkins rushing yards last year was 923. 775. So, okay. All right, and just for the record, so we have this on on record, you guys want me to tabulate this at the end of the regular season or at, after the bowl game? Because regular some of these regular yeah, season. some of these some of these stats include the bowl game. Yeah, yeah. regular season. Regular season. Yeah. Okay, that's fine. And we're talking so, net rush yardage, right? Like, because he had not like non twenties. So the way that colleges right? yeah, yeah, the way the colleges college do it. it. So yeah. that includes sack yards as negative rushing yards. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna say 800. So I'm pretty close where Brad is. Okay, I'm gonna say 873. Okay. I'm surprised you didn't say 801. <laughs> so, nah, I'm not gonna be like that. I think I think it'll be pretty close to where he was last year. Um, yeah, I just think that's where he'll, he'll end up somewhere around there. I think in the regular season he had like 860 or something like that, and he had like 70 in the bowl game. Um, but yeah, okay. Now passing yards. Uh, last season he had 20 or 2680. Uh, give me 2550. Twenty five fifty. Okay. Dave? I'm going thirty one hundred. Wow. Okay. I think Banker hit three thousand his second year, right? Yeah, it was well I think it was like what, thirty three or something. I mean, he was yeah. up there. Yeah, he hit big numbers. Um I'm gonna say I'm gonna say three thousand on the dot. Okay. So I think yeah, I think they're gonna have more passing yards this year. I probably should have gave him a little less rushing yards. <laughs> Um, but that's fine. I think the offense will be a little better this year, actually. Uh, all right. We're going to all go to New York for the Heisman presentation. <laughs> yeah. We yeah, just gave seriously. it to him. 
Seriously, no, unless he gets five targeting penalties and that overhits, you know, or something like that. Um, all right, best game combined, passing yards and rushing yards. Which game and how many total yards? Uh, give me uh, North Carolina. Uh, and give me four ninety-five. Okay. I'm going to go Louisville, Damn it. and I'm going to go 519. <laughs> okay. Justin, I literally look at my sheet. I have Louisville 525. <laughs> awesome. Give me the turf and give me a bad team. He's going to eat Is it. that what you're going to do? Well, yeah, I went turf too, you know. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Keenan. New Keenan turf. Yeah. I forgot that in my uh, – I was trying to figure out how many turf games there were this year. Actually, that, maybe I did factor that in because Notre Dame is one, Louisville's one, North Carolina's one. Right. I like the yeah. I like the name every fresh. Sorry, I didn't mean to jump, but I just looked down at the list. Name every freshman who won't redshirt. <laughs> yeah, so, exactly. So that's that's the next one, um, and that means did okay. not or like plays more they than are, their, right. They will be listed as sophomores next year, okay. not redshirt freshmen. Uh, who played less than four games. Last year was eight total. Noah Taylor, Wayne Talapapa, Aaron Famui, Billy Kemp, Hugo Abasi, Tavares Kelly, Bobby Haskins, Jordan Redmond. All right, give me. And you'll remember that Brendan Armstrong did not burn his redshirt, even correct. though people think about him as somebody who played. All right, give me Briggs, uh, Millage, uh, Hollins. Okay. Um, we should probably be looking at the roster. No, I'm, I'm, I, I'm, I'm, I kind of am. Um, Smiley. Okay. And there's going to be one of those linebacker dudes. Um, probably like Clary. Somebody on special teams, you know what I'm saying? So yeah, mm-hmm. give me give me five and give me those five. Okay. All right. Dave, yeah, you I'll, I'll take. Yeah, I've already got mine. I'll take six. I got Briggs, Hollins, Nick Jackson. Uh, Nick Jackson. That was the other one I should have taken. Antonio Clary, Seneca Millage, and then I can't pronounce his name, but Satiu or Jairus Satiu. Jairus. I, I think just the fact that he was post grad, and I, I don't, you know, I think he's going to be a guy you see play special teams like Wayne did. Um, so yeah, I expect him to play a lot. So okay. I'll give, give six. Uh, can you run through those one more time for me? Briggs, Hollins, Nick Jackson. If only we Antonio, were. Sorry, <laughs> Antonio if only we were recording this. Well, the <laughs> reason I to you and Seneca Millage. The reason I'm asking is because I, my list was very similar, so I was just going to say the same as you. But I'm not. I'm going to say Seneca Millage. No, I'm going to say Sati. You no. I'm going to add Hunter Stewart and Fentrell Cypress. All right. All right, for the and, next for the oh, for the Don next Tavian, few and Dontavian Wicks. All right, for the next few because my recorder's running out of battery. You people have to just answer the questions and no no jibber jabber. Okay. <laughs> we jibber jabber best. I know, right. but we're fifty minutes in. Uh, we can jibber jabber less. It's okay. All right, Jury total touchdowns last year at eight. Eleven. Um, Fifteen. I'm gonna say nine. I should have probably named him to be the most lead the team. Again, scored. jibber jabber. What are you with the jibber jabber? <laughs> Charles Snowden sacks last year at two and a half, which is pretty low. Five and a half. Nine. nine. He said nine or none? nine. Nine. He said <laughs> none. Nine. 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 nine, nine, nine. Wow. Okay. Um, I'm gonna say he's gonna get to eight and a half. Uh, Jordan Mack tackles last year at sixty-six in nine games. Eighty-eight. I'm gonna say ninety-three. I had 85, now I'm going to say 80, just so I've got some separation. All right. 
Okay. Who has the most receptions? Tavares Kelly, Billy Kemp, or Dejan Brissett? Tavares Kelly. Uh, same, Tavares Kelly. I'm going to go Kelly as well. I'm a big TK guy. Big believer. Um, more tackles this season. Johan Briggs or Heskin Smith? Uh, are you counting special teams tackles or no? Yeah, any tackle. Uh, Smith. I'm going to go Smith as well. I'm going to go Briggs. Okay. Who starts more games? Nick Grant or Aaron Falmui? Nick Grant. Wow. Grant. I'm going to go Falmui. Falmui started four games last year. Nick Grant obviously started none. Uh, okay. Higher number. Bryce Hall interceptions or touchdowns by a true freshman. Last year, Hall had two, and there were no true freshman touchdowns, except for Brennan Armstrong's pass to Reed, which doesn't count. All right. Give me true freshman touchdowns. Because yeah, I, I don't think freshman. I don't think many people are going to throw at him. Yeah, with Hollins and uh, yeah, I'll go, I'm, I'm going to say Hollins beats yeah. him. I'm going to say Hall interceptions. I think it's going to be like three to two or okay. something like that. All right, higher number: Noah Taylor sacks or Grant Mish receptions. <laughs> now that he's a tight end, uh, <laughs> this is where you really got to think. Yeah, Noah Taylor. Okay. Yeah. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go. Mish. Yeah, me too. Give me. I think mish. it's gonna be like three and two and a half or something like yeah, that. Yeah, that makes sense. Give me Mish in the receptions. Yeah. Okay. Uh, rushing yards by a running back. Who Most are... rushing yards by a single running back and the number of yards. Um, Last year, Ellis had 1,026. Give me. Uh, give me Kyer at 8.75. Okay. I'll take Kyer around 700. All right. I'm going to go Kyer as well. I'm going to say 525. Because I, I think that it'll be more evenly distributed. Congratulations, every other running back. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, this is where it gets interesting. And obviously, we're not including Perkins in that. Um, name every player to break the rock this season. Last year, it was oh Zacchaeus, gosh. Perkins, Hall, name Ellis, Snowden, Delaney. And- All right. Uh, Perkins, Hall, Mack, um, Snowden. Um, Reed, Dubois, Delaney, and Nick Grant. Okay. I have the same list as Brad except for those last two. Add Chapman uh-huh. and add Talapapa. Oh, nice. I like that. How many total did y'all have? Like seven, I had eight. 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 Yeah, we have both had eight. I got 11 because that's how many games are winning. Um, <laughs> well, I mean, also you have to remember that Zacchaeus broke it twice last year. Yeah. Um, I got Perkins, PK, Bryce Hall, Snowden, Delaney, Eli Handback. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that would be funny. Chris Glazer. I think someone from the offensive line is going to Wow. Here. Chapman, Reed, and Armstrong, and Blunt. So I got 11 total. Wow. Really? Sh- oh, we forgot about Blunt. Or I did. I didn't. Well, I guess he's on my list because I said the same as yours. So So you have one mystery question for us. All right. Last one. This is this is our tiebreaker. If we tie. (laughs) You have to name every player on the team that will score a touchdown this season, but you can't name anybody that won't. So if you have anybody that doesn't score a touchdown, you're out and you get a point for each person that you get right. All right. Do you want to? So go you're first? encouraged to get more people on the list. Do you want to go first, or do you want us to go first? <laughs> I will go. I first. think he should go first. He came up with the yeah, question. I, I, will go, I, I will go first. This is tough. I'm going to go Bryce Perkins, big shocker. Okay. Hasis Dubois, Joe Reed, P. 
PK Kier, Kier, um, Wayne Talapapa, Mike Hollins, Terrell Chapman, Tavares Kelly, and Tanner Cowley. And that is my list. All right, I think I'm ready. All right, go ahead. <laughs> I, I said Joe Reed, right? You did. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay, cool. I'm going to go Bryce Perkins. Oh, my God, no. I forgot one. Oh, well, you, that Wait, wasn't your rule was yeah. not the passing touchdowns, cat. Yeah, 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 no, any, yeah. Any touchdown. Perkins is gonna rush for one. Right, oh, so. oh, okay, I see what you're doing. Put Jan so. on my list too. Sorry. <laughs> so I'm gonna go Bryce Perkins, Brennan Armstrong, uh, PK Kyer. As much as I want to pick another running back, I'm just gonna stick with PK because I don't want to lose them all. Smart. Yeah. Um, Joe Reed, Hasis Dubois, Chapman. Kelly's gonna get a big one. I don't know. Just throw just, yeah, just Jana, throw Justin Dunkel. Jana. I'm gonna throw Jana. Um, so I'll just do eight total. There'll be more than that, but those are the eight I'm most confident in. All right. Give me give me Brendan Armstrong, Terrell Chapman, Hasis Dubois, Mike Hollins, Terrell Jana, PK Kyer. Bryce Perkins, <laughs> Joe Reed. I was wondering if you were going to say him. I'm doing. I'm going alphabetical, and then I yeah. I, I, I need to find somebody on defense. I, there's going to be one, and I just don't. I can't figure out who. I, you know what? I'm going to give it to Joy Blunt. And if that's the one okay. I get wrong, that's the one I get wrong. But whatever. Man, that was that was an interesting uh, interesting show you put together, Ferber. Good job, buddy. Yeah, let's see how see how bad it be you guys this year. Yeah. <laughs> I think it'll probably be. I think I took some weird swings this year, so I think you guys will definitely have a shot. No doubt. Uh, if you are someone out there who found the podcast through the website, thank you very much for giving us a listen. If you don't mind, look us up on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, Overcast, wherever it is that you get your programs. Give us a rating and review. Always helps to get us out in front of more people, and we very much appreciate it. If you're somebody who found the pod but hasn't given us a look at the website, check us out, CavsCorner.com. Right now you can check out uh, player interviews we did last week. Talk to Richard Burney. Olu Oluwatimi, Ryan Swoboda, as well as um, defensive coordinator Kelly Papinga. Uh, Ferber did a couple of good features with uh, Brian Delaney and Marcus Higgins as well. Uh, again, I want to thank Thorium Wealth for their support of Cavs Corner throughout this football season. You can visit them at thoriumwealth.com, T-H-O-R-I-U-M-W-E-A-L-T-H.com, or click the link inside your podcast app right now for more information. Um, so yeah, I want to thank everybody out there for continuing to support the show. I want to thank Dave and Ferber for giving graciously of their time. As always, I very much appreciate it. For David Spence and Justin Ferber, I'm Brad Franklin, publisher of CavsCorner.com. Thanks for coming out. We'll see you soon.